going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 227 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, it's finally time. We are at that point of the year. It's rankings. All right. It's the time of the year where people are going on YouTube and they're searching up quarterback rankings, running back rankings wide receiver rankings, but we need to be in that algorithm. So here we are dropping our rankings episodes. We're going to be starting off with quarterback next week. We're going to have two running back episodes the following week, two wide receiver episodes, give you everything you need to know to dominate these best ball streets. If you're watching this video on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. Joey, how you doing, buddy? Ready to talk some quarterbacks? Yeah, I'm, I'm always ready to talk uh, fantasy football with you, Ben. So should be um, a good episode. All right, let's let's start off at the top. And there's not too much drama at the top. Our top sevens are the same group of players, uh, albeit in a slightly different order. Both of us have Josh Allen and Justin Herbert as the one mm-hmm. and two. We have Lamar and Mahomes as our three and four. They are switched. Mahomes is your QB three. Lamar is your QB four. I have that switched with Lamar at three. Mahomes at four and where things get interesting is that Jalen Hurts is both of our QB fives that is not the way that it's going in ADP he is QB six on underdog so let's start off with the Mahomes and Lamar Jackson at three and four how closely are they for you is this a coin flip or is Mahomes solidly ahead of Lamar where's the tier break for you in this top five yeah I think the tier break is definitely after the top four I would consider Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar, and Patrick Mahomes as the clear-cut consensus top four fantasy football quarterbacks for 2022, and I think these are just the elite options for this year, personally. Going back to Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, I think it is pretty much a coin flip. Obviously, Lamar has that rushing upside that I think personally is unmatched in the NFL by any other quarterback besides maybe Jalen Hurts. But Patrick Mahomes is just such a talented player. He's still in one of the best offensive schemes in the NFL. You just know he's going to finish top five in fantasy points as long as he stays healthy. Obviously, the loss of Tyreek Hill impacts this offense quite a bit. But with the addition of MVS and Sky Moore through the draft, and then Justin Ross as an undrafted free agent, and then McCole Hardman is still there. They went out and signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They still have Travis Kelsey. I think there's way more than enough talent to get the job done for Mm -hmm. the Chiefs in 2022. I think they'll be able to replace the production that Tyreek Hill is leaving behind. And for that reason, I still think Patrick Mahomes is a top fantasy quarterback in the league. And I think he's just a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. So that's kind of the tiebreaker for me when it comes to those two, but it's definitely close. Yeah, uh, to me, I'm just favoring the rushing upside a little more, but I I think that the general consensus uh, sort of agrees with you. And we know that while we expect Tyreek Tyreek Hill's departure to be, you know, a factor for Mahomes. I think it's getting overvalued by the fantasy community as we see his ADP continue to drop. As noted on one of our recent episodes, the departure of an elite weapon doesn't always affect the quarterback as drastically as we expect. For example, the year that Deshaun Watson lost DeAndre Hopkins, he went on to average more fantasy points per game the mm. following year. And, and I, I wouldn't be shocked to see something similar happen here just with all of the replacement talent that you mentioned the Chiefs have acquired this this 
season. So you said that the teardrop for you after the top four is where you look at the next group of guys. So we have Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow in a different order, but these are our next three quarterbacks. Are they in a tier together for you, or is there even another teardrop in between, say, Jalen Hurts? And Kyler and Joe Burrow. You mentioned that Hertz is sort of the only other guy besides, you know, Lamar Jackson that has that league winning rushing upside. So where's the tear break for you at this point? I do think that the tear break would be after Joe Burrow for me personally. I have Brady as my QB8, so maybe you can include Brady in that. But just for, you know, conversation's sake, I do think that this tier ends after Joe Burrow, um, obviously you have Kyler and Jalen Hurts, who are two rushing quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that I think should finish in the top three in rushing yards for the quarterback position. And then Joe Burrow is obviously just in one of the best situations in the league with an amazing cast of skill position players. And I, I just think his upside on a weekly basis includes like 504 mm-hmm. Um So he just has that elite upside as a pure pocket passer that we want in best ball. But yeah, I I, I would have Jalen Hurts as my QB5 just because I think that all of the moves the Eagles have made indicate that they're going to throw the ball more. You know, they obviously went out, traded for A.J. Brown. They signed Zach Paschal. They still have Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins and and that should round out their top four. They still have Dallas Goddard, a a solid backfield of pass catchers. And I I think that the Eagles want to throw the ball. Jalen Hurts just didn't have the players last year, and so they trended more run heavy. And then I think they'll design runs for him as well. I just think he has a higher uh, ceiling this year than Kyler and Joe Burrow. Kyler would be my quarterback six just because of his rushing upside upside but obviously the loss of DeAndre Hopkins hurts him a little bit and you know we've seen it over the last couple of years with D-Hop when D-Hop is is out Kyler's production drops pretty significantly and and his fantasy output drops as well And, and for some reason Kyler is just over the last few seasons as well. He, he's just gotten worse as the year goes along. It seems like he always starts out hot and then kind of flames out towards the end of the year. And then Joe Burrow would, would be my quarterback seven in. Yeah, that, that's the tier for me personally. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Hurts is what he does as a rusher is just so unique. It's it's really only him and Lamar, like you mentioned. Last year, he more than doubled his rushing output from his rookie season, had 139 rush attempts in 15 games for almost 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. And I, I think that even if this team leans more pass heavy, they're still going to be focusing on Jalen Hurts rushing and that dynamic that it adds to the offense. For me, the thing that, you know, gives Hurts the the slight edge over Kyler is just the addition of an elite weapon in AJ Brown and like you said for Kyler the splits with him and DeAndre Hopkins have been telling Hopkins is going to miss the first six games and I think that that could be an issue for him so that's why I've got Hertz at five Kyler at seven and Joe Burrow I mean like you said just the the weekly upside is so high the offensive line should be better with this team if they get just a little bit more pass heavy sky's the Mm. limit like he could easily have a, a season like Justin Herbert had last year where he's a top three quarterback just based off of you know elite efficiency touchdowns and the weapons that he has on the offense to carry him there so I think that this is a pretty solid top seven I look at the top four as guys that are you know highly likely to finish within the top five and then I look at you know Hertz, Burrow, and Murray as as slightly less likely but still with the upside to finish as potential top three quarterbacks so Mm -hmm. these are the top tier upside quarterbacks And, and after that this is the point where our rankings start to get a little bit different you have Q 
QB8 as Tom Brady. I have him at 11 behind an entirely different tier of players. So I guess talk about why you're still so high on Brady despite the loss of Gronk, despite the temporary absence of Godwin, and j- just your thoughts on Brady here. I think that obviously losing some key position players in Godwin and Gronk will definitely hurt Tom Brady's ceiling. But I think just the overall offensive efficiency will be top five, top six in the NFL. I think the pass rate will be one of the highest in the league. Tampa Bay was first in pass rate last year. They were 10th in pass rate in 2020. So in the, in the two seasons that Brady has been at Tampa Bay, they've, they've been top 10 in passing offense. Obviously, Brady was very good last year in fantasy football averaged you know 22 plus points per game finished as the overall quarterback three in terms of total points so I just think that while he doesn't have the rushing upside as some of the guys behind him which you could definitely make the case that they can uh, be above Brady for that reason I just think Brady has one of the highest ceilings as a pure pocket passer and at the end of the day these guys are quarterbacks and to really hit your ceiling in fantasy football, you have to be efficient through the air. Like I know I know we all love rushing upside and whatnot, but a lot of these quarterbacks are are only going to average, you know, 20, 30 yards per game. That's an extra two to three points. But if they're not efficient through the air in, in throwing touchdowns and whatnot, you know, they're they're really never going to hit their ceiling. And I just think Brady is still one of the best <laughs> pure pocket passers in the league. And, you know, he showed his upside last year when everybody was down on down on him as a ninth round pick 10th round pick and for that reason I would have him above guys like uh, Russell Wilson Dak Prescott etc yeah and, and I mean you're you're somewhat in line with ADP I mean this whole tier of guys is going right next to each other you know Russ is ADP 77 Brady's 81 Lance is 85 Dak is 86 so like these guys are all going very tightly I think a lot of it you know for me is going to depend on the build going to depend on what stacks I'm trying to finish off like it could easily be the difference for me of where I'm taking Brady as to whether I have Mike Evans on my team or you know if I have Cortland Sutton coming out of the fourth I'm probably leading Russ or if I took CD in the second I'm probably leading Dak so a lot of this stuff to me is just going to come down to team construction which is really important to understand why players are in tiers I think um, which is always how I look at rankings and you know, gauging upside. So yeah, I think Brady's upside is in line with all these guys. The difference for me having Russ at eight versus Brady at 11 and vice versa, it's just, it's marginal at best. So a lot of it's going to be about stacks. I think all of these guys do have the potential. We've seen it, you know, Russell Wilson has been a top five quarterback at many points throughout his career. Dak Prescott, you know, two years ago was QB one for the first half of the season before he went down. He flashed upside again last year. Trey Lance is really the one mystery piece. Both of us are relatively high on him. You have him as QB nine. I have him as QB 10. His ADP is QB 10. So we are pretty much in line with the market in terms of buying Trey Lance as a breakout in his first official year as a starter. Yeah. I think that Trey Lance obviously has some of the qualities that we want 
in a fantasy quarterback, and, and that's just his potential rushing upside. You know, in the games that Trey Lance did play last year, he ran the football quite a bit, um, and maybe that's because he wasn't a great passer, so Kyle Shanahan was just playing to his strengths. Uh, I believe in, in that Cardinals game, he had well, over 15 rushing attempts. So you're really just not getting that kind of rushing upside out of any quarterback in the league besides maybe a few in, you know, Lamar and Jalen Hurts. So if we see Trey Lance have games with 10 plus rushing attempts and in some goal line work, I think he could definitely finish top 10 in fantasy. I think the only issue with Trey Lance is we haven't seen it, right? So we don't really know if he's a good quarterback or not. Uh, because like I was just saying with Tom Brady, you know, to, to ultimately hit your ceiling, especially with uh, these uh, dual threat quarterbacks, they also have to be efficient through the air. And I think that's kind of where a guy like Jalen Hurts and, and Lamar Jackson slack a little bit, but they can make up for it with rushing. You know, if they're decent enough, the, the real question is, is Trey Lance decent enough through the air to potentially hit his ceiling when you combine that? with his uh potential rushing upside that that's really the only thing that we don't know at this point in time yeah we we don't and that's why i personally have him below russ and dak just because i think if he puts up a mid-range quarterback one finish on the season if he puts up Dak Prescott Russell Wilson-esque numbers I think we look at that as a success and look at Mm -hmm. something that he can build on you know in 2023 after showing us something but it's just hard to imagine him coming in and being like a top five quarterback right off rip Um, especially if that offense remains extremely run heavy we don't know whether or not it will uh, with the departure of Mike McDaniel so Lance I think has a wide range of outcomes and certainly a very high week-to-week ceiling just because of the rushing so we'll see I'll I'll still be taking a lot of shit uh, shots on Lance. I think he's like the perfect high-end QB too. If you go QB early and you want to mix in Lance and just have absolutely elite production at quarterback all year, he's he's a guy I look at to do uh, some of those things. With after this tier, we're kind of in the boring yet valuable strict pocket passer tier. You know, guys like Stafford, Kirk, Rogers, Derek Carr. I mean, you know, these are these are guys that I think are boring to a certain extent, but they're always going to be valuable in fantasy. They're always probably going to be in that mix to be bottom and QB ones finish, you know, quarterback nine to quarterback 13. They probably won't finish too highly above that, but they probably won't finish very far below that either. Yeah. I think this is just the tier of quarterbacks where it's like, uh, I'm strictly drafting them for stacks. Obviously you're not drafting them as, as standalone quarterbacks like a Lamar or a Kyler or Jalen Hurts. So yeah, I'm, re- I'm really only looking to target these guys if I have Cup or A-Rob for, for Stafford or if I have Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen for Kirk Cousins. But I think my hot take is that Kirk Cousins will be, you know, the, the quarterback out of this range that could potentially finish top six, top seven, just with kind of the rhetoric that's coming out of Minnesota and how they could trend more pass heavy this year and the skill position players there are obviously phenomenal uh, with the two wide receivers I mentioned and Delvin Cook and Irv Smith at tight end and uh, they still have KJ Osborne as a capable wide receiver three so if they let Kirk air it out I think he definitely has a chance at a higher ceiling than we've seen he averaged 19 points per game last year I think we could get him up to 
you know, over 20 plus points per game if they let him air the ball out a little bit more. Uh, so my hot take is Kirk Cousins could potentially finish as, you know, a top six, top seven quarterback out of this range. And uh, I, I think he's really the only one, to be honest. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Last year was kind of Stafford who was getting drafted in this range, who went off and had just an exceptional year and finished in the top seven at the quarterback position when it was all said and done. And he threw 41 touchdowns. Now Kirk gets Kevin O'Connell, who was in LA last year with Stafford, mm-hmm. bringing some of that offensive theory here. They get rid of Mike Zimmer, who was just an ancient run the ball, you know, establish the run type coach. Now they get the guy who produced Cooper Cup, going to put Justin Jefferson in that role. And I'm really excited for Kirk as well. I've got him as my quarterback 12. So I'm, I'm definitely right there with you on Kirk and the potential upside if this offense does go more pass heavy. I think my hot take in this range is that I'm just flat out not drafting Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's going as the quarterback 13. You've got him ranked at 14 and I have him ranked at 17 and ranked at 17. I'm just never going to get Aaron Rodgers, we've talked about it at length, but I just think that the loss of Devontae Adams is going to shift the entire way that this offense operates. I think their best two skill position players are the running backs. It's going to be Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon essentially carrying this offense. Rodgers will still be efficient. He'll be you know, an effective quarterback without a doubt, but I just don't see the same level of touchdowns coming for him as a passer. I think they shift a lot more run heavy, especially in the red zone. So for that reason, I, I, I'll i prefer guys like Derek Carr, who I think will be in a lot of shootouts in a tough division, obviously gets Devontae Adams himself, and then even a couple guys like Justin Fields for the rushing upside and Tua for his potential with a new coach and upgraded weapons and Tyreek Hill. I, I just, I, I'm pretty much off Rodgers, and I'm going to be taking shots on guys who are a little shakier, but I think do have higher upside just based off situation. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Obviously, Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL from a talent perspective and ultimately has the upside to finish as as a top quarterback but I think just the skill position players are just so bad that ultimately for me the ceiling just isn't there and you know what I would compare it to I would compare it to 2019 Tom Brady Tom Brady's last season with the Patriots when they surrounded him with literally no weapons Tom Brady in that year finished as the quarterback 12 in total points and even worse than that in points per game he only averaged 16.98 points per game in 2019 so I think that's what this Rodgers situation kind of reminds me of this year and you know no matter how great the quarterback is you still need talent at your other positions to help your quarterback score fantasy points right Absolutely. Um, Obviously, Aaron Jones and and A.J. Dillon is one of the, you know, the top running back duos in the league. So that should help quite a bit. And, you know, we'll talk about them quite a bit for our running back rankings. But just the, the wide receiver core is so uninspiring. Obviously, Robert Tunyon is there at tight end. You know, he's okay, but I just think for those reasons, you, you got to rank Rodgers a little bit lower, and Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings have him as the quarterback 12, so we are a little bit lower than the consensus on Rodgers. Yeah, I, I just think that the, the ceiling is just not there with, with the players that he's going to be throwing the ball to this year. Yeah, I'm personally shocked that he's going above Kirk Cousins right now. I mean, just for all the reasons that we talked about, it, it's interesting, and like, again, it's not a comment on his skill. Obviously, from like a pure talent perspective, Rodgers is a top five quarterback in the league still. 
But like you said, you know, just going back to the 2019 Brady thing, like you need to be in a situation where you either have talent or you have a ton of volume. And I think Rodgers has neither of those things. You know, that's not to say that he can't have another good year in his career. Like that was 2019 for Brady. Fast forward to 2021 and he's quarterback three again. You know, he's elite because he's passing the ball and they surrounded him with elite weapons. So maybe they do that with Rodgers next year and we're having a different conversation but for this year i think the situation is just too grim for him so i will be hands off aaron Rodgers in almost all situations so after like the fields to a cutoff you've got daniel jones all the way up at quarterback 17 his adp is 21 i have him ranked at 22 so i'm a little bit lower and you're quite a bit higher on daniel jones which is no surprise to people who have been listening to the podcast over the past couple of months if you want to reiterate for the people why you're high on daniel jones and this giants Mm -hmm. offense this season yeah so i think that after Derek carr for me there there is a tear break there Mm -hmm. so i just i want to say that so it stands right now i have Tua as my qb 16 daniel jones as my quarterback 17 trevor lawrence as my quarterback 18 and justin fields as my quarterback 19 and i I think that would be a tier for me so the reason that i have daniel jones above trevor lawrence and justin fields basically going against the consensus pretty heavily here is that in my opinion he's just in a better situation i think that the overall offensive environment and skill position players are significantly better than in Chicago. And I think they are also better than Jacksonville by, you know, a little bit at least with Saquon and, and Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, Ricky Seals Jones. And then just the the massive coaching upgrade going from, you know, Joe Judge and Jason Garrett over the last two years to Brian Dable, who led the Bills to back to back top three offensive finishes and ultimately I think he's going to let Daniel Jones uh just go crazy and, and go wild and you know kind of be that Josh Allen-esque player where they're just going to use him in both facets of the game in, in the passing game and in the rushing game and I think Daniel Jones out of this tier has hot take maybe the highest rushing upside even over Justin Fields Daniel Jones averaged 27 yards per game maybe not more than Justin Fields maybe that's too hot of a take but he's definitely up there in in the NFL you know he he had 62 attempts he had 27 rushing yards per game two rushing touchdowns obviously touchdowns are are a little bit of variance 298 rushing yards so he he was he was top 10 in pretty much every rushing category for quarterbacks in only 11 games so if if we add six games worth of stats on to Daniel Jones I think he's a borderline top five rushing quarterback in the league so then when you combine that with just the overall upgrade in offensive efficiency most likely I mean it's going to be hard to to repeat what they've done over the last two seasons I'm, I'm pretty sure they've scored the least amount of touchdowns out of any team over the last two years uh, I think that changes this year obviously I'm just higher on the Giants than most and Daniel Jones I think could be in for a very very good fantasy year the situation for me is just a tiebreaker over a guy like Justin Fields uh, that really has nobody on that offense and the Bears could be one of the worst teams in the league and uh, it's definitely a hot take but I have him over Trevor Lawrence as well so yeah that that's a hot take I could see that happening I, I do have to correct you when you say that the, the Bears have nobody. They have Darnell Mooney, and, and Mooney's going to finish quite a bit higher than any uh, wide receiver on the Giants. I mean, I, I think 
the reason he finishes higher is because there's nobody else on the team that will compete for touches and opportunity. So true. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big Mooney guy, and and again, I don't I don't want to sell Justin Fields rushing upside short either. He did have almost 450 yards in only 12 games as a rookie. So I, I mean, I like Justin Fields. Rushing upside a little bit more than you. I've got him ranked at QB 15 for you. He's all the way down at 19. So that's, I guess, our big difference is you're higher on Jones. I'm a little higher on Fields. But to me, I think that this is a pretty large tier. Like after Derek Carr, like you said, there's a cutoff. And I think like to me, 15 through 22 is almost just a big tier of like the last guys that I would consider viable to be part of two quarterback builds i think if you miss after like Goff and jones which is which to me is the cutoff and matt ryan Jameis winston types and then you get to this next tier of guys like wilson and mac jones and ryan Tannehill, then i think you're sort of uh locked into a three quarterback build because those guys are just going to be so inconsistent i think jones definitely has the ceiling just based off what you said as a rusher and the improved offensive environment and the coaching upgrades so I agree with with Daniel Jones being in the same tier of guys. Are you buying the Trevor Lawrence bounce back? We both have him ranked as our quarterback 18. He's kind of an interesting figure. We're right in line with ADP as quarterback 18. So I guess, um, you know, sort of the, the potential for a year to bounce back is sort of baked into his price right now. Yeah, I think. Trevor can can definitely bounce back and obviously having Ur- Urban Meyer as your coach year one <laughs> hurts but the Jaguars definitely made some questionable moves in free agency like I don't really think they got better as a team they just you know, got spe- different especially on the offensive side of the ball yeah that, that's a perfect way to put it they didn't get better they just got different but Doug Peterson obviously coming in should be an upgrade for Trevor Lawrence and just the Jacks offense in general, but I, I still think that the Jaguars being a bad team is more likely than not. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the range of outcomes with this Jacks team is just super wide, and, and there's a good chance, especially with the new head coach coming in, new offensive system, new playbook, that he could potentially struggle again. But obviously, his ceiling is, is sky high. Just the the kind of player he is, generational talent, but by all accounts coming out of Clemson, you, you still want to be in on him, especially if we get rid of last year. I, I think that there's definitely a, a good probability that this Jaguars team is, is just not good once again, which could hurt the overall upside of Trevor Lawrence and and that's just kind of my thing with some of these guys and how I ranked these next 10 or so quarterbacks is really just their situations and which situations I think will be more fantasy friendly than not so that's why I have Tua ahead of these guys in this tier just because his situation is pretty great and then I think Daniel Jones has a second best situation and then Trevor Lawrence, I have above Justin Fields. So I, I, I was just ranking pretty much based on situation and not talent alone. So that, that's kind of my thought process with this tier of guys. Yep, that's fair. I think that our last major disagreement in, in rankings is Jared Goff, who I've got at 21, you've got at 25. So we're essentially having Goff in different tiers. And I think to me, this just goes down to situation where I think the Lions have one of the better pass catching groups in the NFL, you know, 
DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Amonra St. Brown. If Goff can be just a little bit more efficient and and good at getting the ball into his playmaker's hands, I think that there's definitely room for Goff to have more success this year. They didn't bring in any competition. It's going to be another full year of Jared Goff. Their defense was absolutely horrible last year, and they did very little besides draft Aiden Hutchinson to, you know, make an improvement. You know, is Aiden Hutchinson alone going to be able to shift them from having the worst red zone defense in the league where they're allowing touchdowns on 70% on their defensive red zone trips where they had one of the bottom five worst third down defenses in the league, just letting teams march up and down the field and then get success and score? I I, I don't know. So I think it's going to be a team with a bad defense and an absolutely loaded offense and a guy in Jared Goff who is not going to do it on his own, but if he distributes the ball well and these playmakers work out if Amon Ross St. Brown stays hot and if Jamison Williams comes in and, and can be what he is or, or what we hope he can be then I, I just think there's hope for Jared Goff to you know thrive in what is on paper a really good situation yeah I, I definitely agree for sure and maybe quarterback 25 is too low the expert consensus has him as the quarterback 26 so I mean technically I am a, a little a little higher uh, than the consensus on Jared Goff but I think ultimately what I believe Jared Goff is is a game manager he's been in great situations before the Rams right where he had Cooper Cup Robert Woods Todd Gurley Gerald Everett and he still wasn't a great fantasy quarterback right he's just going to be a guy where if he plays the whole season he's going to get you like 250 260 total points he's he, he's shown that in his career he only has one year where he scored above 300 total points and then and obviously that was you know the Rams that was the Rams year right and or and that that was in 2018 had a very good year scored 310 points but other than that he he's a 250 260 type of guy which kind of averages out to around 14 to 15 fantasy points per game and I just think that's the player he is you know I, I just think that he's not the most talented guy He's not the worst guy, but he's just not going to provide you that ceiling that you want in best ball. It's honestly just that simple. It really doesn't matter about the situation for Jared Goff. He's just not that guy. And sometimes you have to just factor in talent when when you're making rankings. And Jared Goff just, I'm sorry. He, he's just not that guy. I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that fit in this mold, so I don't just want to single out him, but I just don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I think that, you know, talent wise, he's probably in the same group as everybody else in this tier, like Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz. Like, I think, it's I mean, all I'm pretty... taking all of them above Jared Goff, just if we're talking quarterbacks, but potentially, yeah, I mean, potentially, but I think that the situation that he's in is far and away the best just from a, a skill group uh standpoint so yeah it, it wouldn't shock me to see Goff like I don't think he's going to be top 12 but I could see him finishing as QB 15 which would be 10 spots ahead of his ADP and definitely ahead of some of these other guys even you know significantly more talented quarterbacks yeah. guys like Matt Ryan for example just uh, because he's going to be on such a run heavy team so I wouldn't be surprised to see Goff out produce his current ADP I will say I think there's unequivocally no shot he finishes as a top 15 quarterback in fantasy football I will say that there's there's just no chance I'm sorry I'm sorry to burst your bubble literally zero chance but I I get where you're coming from I guess uh I guess we'll see maybe that's my my lion's bias um yeah no he's he's finishing 20 plus at least so I I have Deshaun Watson 
ranked 23rd, right after Daniel Jones and right before the tier of guys that I have very little interest in. You didn't rank Deshaun Watson. Where Where is he for you? Are you just sort of, you know, in, in like a holding pattern with Watson? Or, or what's your, what are your thoughts on Watson right now? Yeah, I just think it's hard to, to rank a player that's kind of in limbo right now. The the ECR has him as the as the quarterback 28, so you you would be a little bit higher on him. Uh, I just don't know how you can uh, rank him right now, personally, without news of the suspension. And even if he, let's say, was, was suspended for half the season, I still don't know where he would fit into these rankings, maybe around the range that you have him just in, in this tier. Um, I don't know what specific number I would have him at, but I'm definitely taking guys like Zach Wilson and, and Mac Jones and, and Ryan Tannehill and Davis Mills above Deshaun Watson, just like guys that I know if healthy, are going to play 17 games and give me a full season. So I would just have him in the tier of quarterbacks that are not going to play 17 games. And that's the tier of Deshaun Watson, Mariota, Trubisky, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, Geno Smith. I think you have to have him in that tier because he fits the mold of all of those quarterbacks. I mean, just in terms of situation. Does he fit the mold though? Because those guys are guys who are going to not play 17 games. And for the eight games that they do play, they're probably going to average like 15 points per game. Like if Watson plays eight games, like, yes, he's definitely missing a significant portion of the season, but he could come in and be a top five fantasy quarterback, which is why I think that he deserves to be well ahead of these guys. The way I looked at it is like, there's a certain level of production that I think you need to have for 17 games that's still valuable. And I think that guys like Wilson and Mac Jones and Wentz don't have it to the point where like the potential for, you know, top five, top 10 production down the stretch is worth it with Watson because his weekly ceiling is just so much higher than these other guys like Wilson and Jones and Wentz. So no, yeah, that's no. kind of how I'm looking at it. One hundred percent reward is is good. Like I, I I think that if you're drafting Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, you're in a three quarterback build, and if you're in a three quarterback build, you can afford to take the extra risk risk on Watson. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think he he's worth a pick right now at his current ADP on you know underdog in, in drafters and whatnot, and especially on these sites with twenty rounds. Yeah, I'm I'm all for taking a shot on Deshaun Watson at an ADP of 205. But this is, you know, a rankings show, a rankings debate. We're we're not really we're we're kind of integrating it into best ball and whatnot, but we're if we're just specifically talking about rankings, you can't have him that high just because he's not going to play a full season, right? If we give him eight games of play, averaging twenty two points, that's hundred and seventy six total points on the year. Last year that would have put him as the quarterback 27. He's only averaged over 22 points one time in his season or one time in his career. So that that's just kind of giving him that that median outcome through mm-hmm. those 8 games. So I just don't really see how you can rank him higher if we know he's not going to play a full season and that's why I have I would have him in the tier of guys that I just know aren't going to give me a full season. Are they still good draft picks in best ball? Absolutely, because, you know, these guys like Watson and and maybe like Mariota or Trubisky can definitely have ceiling games. We've seen it before in their careers for sure. And, you know, Watson, just in terms of how it integrates into best ball, that's a whole different conversation. But just for ranking purposes, I don't think you can have him 
as high as you have him. I, I guess that's sort of where we different like differentiate in our process for rankings. Like to me, these are the rankings at which point I'm taking these guys in a draft. You know, like I'm, I'm not necessarily projecting Deshaun Watson to finish as the 23rd best quarterback in fantasy points at the end of the year. I'm projecting Deshaun Watson to be the 23rd best pick you can make in best ball at the quarterback position, because that's the way that I utilize these rankings. Yeah. And you know, that that's fine. I think a, a lot of people just rank for accuracy. So that that's kind of where I'm coming from. And then I, I think realistically he ends in that quarterback 28 range, quarterback 27 range. If suspended for eight games but i definitely get where you're coming from and you know you're 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 drafting for best ball and obviously deshaun watson has top five upside uh out of all of these quarterbacks so and that's really where like our our rankings differ for the rest of the the point and it's not a huge difference but there are just guys that i have ranked that you don't for example i have baker mayfield ranked at 29 ahead of guys like trubisky and mariota i just i think that baker mayfield is playing a full season this year as a starter i don't know if it's going to be for the seahawks or the panthers but i think it's going to be for one of them and i think that you know baker's actually pretty undervalued right now because i think both of those could be decent situations for him and i, I would take that potential over guys like Trubisky and Mariota who have what a six to eight game you know expected starting before they get benched for being who they are like I I just don't see it um for guys like that so to me like Trubisky and and Mariota would be the last ranked guys that I have at 31 and 32 and I would be taking shots on guys like Baker and even Kenny Pickett ahead of them just for you know potential upside that that's definitely fair for sure you know I thought about just including them and going a little bit past 32 but I just kind of wanted to just rank the starting quarterbacks or or the quarterbacks that I think are going to start week one but I could definitely see Seattle trading for Mayfield Uh, obviously we still have two months until the season starts so a lot of news will potentially happen and and, you know, the, these rankings will shift, so maybe we'll have to do an updated version later in the off season. But as it, as it goes for early rankings, I was really just basing mine off who I believe is the starter right now. But I, I definitely don't mind Mayfield at all, and he's the quarterback 31 in the consensus ranking. So I think uh, you're, you're more in line with that than I am. Um, for sure. And again, going back to best ball, I think one of the more valuable things is getting guys with ownership discounts. And and most of these guys are getting drafted, especially in 20 teamers. But on underdog, if you're in an 18 round draft, Baker Mayfield is a guy who could start an entire season and is Mm -hmm. not getting drafted in every draft. Kenny Pickett is a guy who I could see starting from, you know, say after the Steelers buy. So like week 10 on and have some rushing upside with elite weapons on his offense that is not getting drafted in every draft. So again, you know, my rankings are so specifically curtailed to best ball and things that I think are valuable, like, you know, being able to play in the playoff weeks at low ownership. So that's why I'm, I'm definitely targeting guys like Baker and Pickett and Watson over guys like Trubisky and and Wentz and Mariota, who I just don't really see having any type of of upside, even if they finish higher at the end of the year, just based on having a surefire 17 game schedule. Um, 
So I guess that's just like my uh, philosophical difference in in terms of rankings. But I think for the most part, we're relatively in lockstep with this bottom tier of quarterbacks is just relatively uninteresting guys. A couple of them you can make a case for, but really these are like third quarterback types (laughs) to fill out bye weeks and and guys that you just need to get by. I'm just really as a like as a drafter, I'm just looking to never be in this tier. Um, and, And that's obviously a whole nother discussion with with best ball strategy at each position or whatnot but i'm just i'm just looking to get two top guys you know two guys from the top three or four tiers and call it a day (laughs) not even have to worry about whether or not you know jared goff or or mariota or davis mills is the is the correct pick for your specific team um so i'm just trying to avoid these guys at all costs but obviously we got to talk about them they're starting quarterbacks in the nfl but yeah these guys just suck at the end of the day so yeah I I think that you're way better off getting two guys from the top 20 and fading this you know bottom quarterback 20 through 32 entirely and focusing on you know getting your late round running back shots your late round wide receiver shots you know stacking up tight ends etc so pretty self-explanatory there I think that was a good ranking show we will have our full rankings exclusively in our discord if you guys want to check that out you can find the link in the show notes to the podcast and that is going to be it for episode 227 of the dfs dose podcast make sure you follow us on twitter at the dfs dose as well as our personal twitters i'm at ben harver joey's at joey carry and dfs we'll be back with a running back edition of this show next week if you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on in the podcast and join the inner circle like i said our free discord channel is open to everybody you can join that in the show notes to the podcast to everybody listening out there we appreciate you we value you until next time let's stay accountable and keep it authentic